My <laughs> disappointment will be that you're disappointed with the <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode, I can't even see it right now, 43 of the Go For Two podcast. This is a podcast for frustrated football fans. By two frustrated football fans, I'm Jenna Lique. Clearly, I can't open up the whole doc and check what episode it is. And this is Brad Klein here with me. Brad, it's been a while. The Super yeah. Bowl was forever ago. But we're here and we're still going to talk about it. I know, and I just feel bad for you that you're here. I mean, honestly, that's that's the worst case scenario that you're in Syracuse, not in Tampa. And now look at you. I mean, your eyes are losing your vision with the whole 43 thing. What's going on with you at this point? I don't know. It was such a whirlwind of events down there in Tampa. <laughs> I was it was go 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 from like from the 8 a.m. Yeah, from the go 8 a.m. to like 1 a.m. the the next day. That's like how long I was up. It was exhausting, um, but we're here, we're back. I've fully recovered, and we have a Super Bowl to talk about. That's why we're kind of late on the episode. I needed time to just relax and just take my mind off of football for a couple extra days, but we're here. We're still going to give you an episode every week, even if it's a little bit delayed. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to talk about, too. A lot of debate coming from this, honestly, crazy Super Bowl. Everyone thought the Chiefs were, were – the start of a dynasty and obviously not 31 to nine loss in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Where does this rank in Tom Brady's career? So now there, he has seven Super Bowl titles, which is insane. Where is this one out of the seven? Where does it rank okay. for you? All right. So assuming all the Super Bowls one through seven are top seven in his ridiculous list of accomplishments. I'm going to say this is number two because I still think that the 28 to three comeback is something just completely historic, completely even unfathomed, and he did it. And no one besides Tom Brady, it seems like, could have pulled that off in the biggest game there is. So that being said, this is second, and the other ones are great, but this is second because he did it in his first year without Bill Belichick, in his first year in Tampa Bay. There were no growing pains in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, there were growing pains in week four, but it's not like, you know, I'll give you an example, okay? Patrick Mahomes made it to the AFC championship game in his first year as a full-time starter. And it's a little different because at that point, he's basically a rookie. It was his second year in the league, okay? So they lost in the AFC championship, and everyone said, oh, well, they just had to get there first. They'll be back. They'll be better. There was none of that. There was no, oh, well, the Bucs just had to get here and the rest is icing. Next year is their year. No. The whole time, Tom Brady was saying, nope, this is the year. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And he did. And it was unbelievable. That's number two in my mind. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I was going to say number one just because – I, I did I did forget I didn't forget but I wasn't I was just thinking of I wasn't thinking about the comeback obviously that you forgot about I didn't the forget forgettable no, no. comeback no 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 I didn't forget <laughs> how could you ever forget twenty eight to three so that is obviously number one because that was a Tom Brady game I feel like this was a very much uh, all around team effort game mm-hmm. um, which is still I still think it's impressive on his part he didn't throw a turnover he didn't throw an interception there was no turnover from Tom Brady which he was prone to in the playoffs this year 
Um, so I thought it was it was very impressive the way it was done. He didn't have to do too much, but he didn't do too little. The Tom Brady Rob Gronkowski connection. What the heck was that? We were back in New England in Tampa Bay. It was New England part two. You had that connection. And then Antonio Brown also got a touchdown. That's some yeah. more New England sprinklings on there. So I think this was his second. I would agree with that statement because you can't, you know, this wasn't all on him. So I can't say it was his best. If he came out here and he had a spectacular record-breaking performance, I would say maybe this was his best. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is that that 28 to three, we still talk about that to this day. Yeah, I don't think we'll, t- we'll talk about this Super Bowl to this, like we'll talk about the Super for a while, but that is forever etched in, his- in history. It's a big deal, but no one yeah. can understate the, the importance and the magnitude of winning a Super Bowl in your first year with a new team, a new offense, a new coach, and mostly new weapons. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Well, now let's look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs, what was that? They didn't score a single touchdown. The league's most prolific offense held to a stalemate. Nothing happened. They moved the ball down the field a couple of times, but it wasn't enough to get in the in the end zone, which is the whole point. You can't you can't beat a team by another team by just kicking field goals. We all know that that's a principle of football. What what was that? What was what was that? What was the the bomb that the Chiefs dropped? I'll tell you what it was. That was Todd Bolts. That was the Buccaneers pressuring Patrick Mahomes left and right. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're Tom Brady, if you are Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, doesn't matter. If you don't have time for your routes to progress as a quarterback, you're not going to be successful. And Patrick Mahomes played the entire game, I would say, on his back because he was sacked often. But I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt and say, because he actually did escape pressure, pressure very often, more often than most quarterbacks. So I'm going to say he spent it on his heels, on his back foot, because Mahomes, Mahomes was scrambling. He spent the entire game out of the pocket, and you can't win like that. I saw there were times where bu- the Buccaneers got pressure on a three-man rush. That's just that's unsustainable. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And I understand that Eric Fisher didn't play in this game. And to win a Super Bowl without your left tackle, that to me would have been extremely impressive. That being said, doesn't matter. I, it does matter. Not this much. Not this much. I, the the amount of pressure that the Bucks got on the Chiefs just proves to me that even if Eric Fisher was there, it still would have been a problem. Yeah, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Patrick Mahomes because we do have to talk about the crazy incompletions he had. The incompletions that he had, the one is like the iconic picture of him throwing it like sidearm while he's getting sacked, a throw I've never seen in my life. He somehow gets it off and it hits, I forgot who the receiver was, but it hits the receiver right in the face mask, which, you know, is unfortunate. If you put his hands up, he probably could have caught the ball. Like, crazy incompletions. The best incompletions we'll probably ever see in our lifetime <laughs> happened in that game. Because that was, that was so true. Even when it was a three-man rush, they perfected the three-man rush. They were able to get enough pressure quickly. And Mahomes was scrambling. on. I, I know I saw a lot of people complaining. They're like, why does he keep running backwards? But what was he supposed to do? Where's he, he got balls. To go? Yeah, he threw the he got he got the ball off by scrambling and running. I know it's like dangerous because you're gonna get sacked, but the ball wasn't going anywhere anywhere anyway. So I think it wasn't the loss. I know some people want to blame Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think it was on him. It was a whole offensive malfunction. Yeah, 
in, in general. And we can also say that the Chiefs defense, they've been, you know, I know that's not what we're talking about right now, but I'm still going to mention it. They've been, Tony Romo said they've been holding all year, but they got so many penalties called on them in this game that it was an all around blunder from, from the whole, the whole Chiefs, Chiefs team, the whole team. It was a whole mess. So I'm, I'm, as we know, I'm a huge never bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I'm a huge, this is the next dynasty. But where, like, where do we go from here? I still think it is, by the way. Yeah. I really oh, do. Yeah. I, I think so, a, too. It was definitely a setback. But I do think that this is definitely the, the team with the best chance to be the next dynasty. Thousand. I agree. I, I, I agree completely. It's just like a weird step to begin a dynasty, <laughs> to, to lose the next year. But I know he had, it's like a, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson have similar arcs. I saw like a side-by-side. It was Russell Wilson made it to the, you know, didn't make it to the Super Bowl, made it to the NFC Championship, you know, AFC Championship for Mahomes. The next year made it to the Super Bowl and won. The year after made it to the Super Bowl and lost to Brady. So they have like the exact arc, which is is crazy. And Russell Wilson and Sierra were both at the game. chatting up Roger Goodell. That was a viral image. Um, (laughs) It was very strange. But I just wanted to mention that, how it was just like the Seahawks were still a mini dynasty of its time. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it's one of the great dynasties, but for a few years there, they were, they were dominant. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what, what it looks like for the Chiefs. What was the biggest surprise from the Super Bowl for you? I'll tell you what, Rob Gronkowski out of nowhere. And it might sound a little odd, but because he's been performing pretty well throughout the season, reasonably well. But put it this way, Corey Spector, mutual friend of the show, okay? And he's at the Super Bowl with Jenna. He does a story about tight ends, about how Travis Kelsey has looked up to Rob Gronkowski, even though they're the same age, by the way, low-key. So, But Gronkowski's on the backslide of his career, still really good. Kelsey's in his prime. And you have two tight ends, some of the greats, in the Super Bowl. And the idea of the story was, all right, Travis Kelsey's going to ball out. Maybe Rob Gronkowski will catch a pass or two. It was the complete opposite. Gronkowski scores, I think, the first two touchdowns of the game, and, and he could have had a few more, too, just the way the game was going. Gronkowski had a very legitimate bid for MVP of the Super Bowl. I was not expecting that. That is by far the biggest surprise in my head. Yeah, so I'm going to take it away from football because it says Super Bowl in the dock, and that's your yeah. own fault. So I, I'm a huge, as well as a football junkie, I'm a huge entertainment person. So I'm going to bring it there. But first, I do want to say I was, the fir- I was spearheading the tight end the tight end trend um, on, I was on lecture hall brought to you by student union sports um, with my friend Harrison. We did an episode while I was in the Super Bowl, And I, he asked me, when do you think, um, who do you think are the X factors in this game? And I said, it's going to be a tight ends. I did not <laughs> think I said, Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey are the X factors in this game. I, I said it. And all of a sudden he scores two touchdowns and I'm going crazy because I did I'm not actually genius. think that I'm a genius. Uh, they, they tweeted um, like, you know, a clip saying, are we sure Jenna's not from the future? I felt really good on that pick that raw. I did not think that they were going to do that. I thought that the, the playoff history between the two would have to come up. Like it would have to be a thing. And it really, really did for my biggest surprise from the Super Bowl, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say the, the national anthem and the America, the beautiful performances. 
Um, a lot of people were, were, were a little worried. Jasmine Sullivan, an R&B singer, Eric Church, a country singer. Not sure how that works. And it had rave reviews. People loved it. I wasn't really paying attention to that part, so I can't really speak much. I'll rewatch and I can give you my music. Too. I was surprised that the world didn't blow up because it wasn't terrible. It was Jenna. good. It was good. No, no, it was good. Um, but the one that really struck me, and I think I was tweeting uh, something about it, and that's why I kind of wasn't paying attention to the national anthem, was the America the Beautiful. It was by an R&B artist called Her, and she was fantastic. She sang, and then all of a sudden she starts shredding on the guitar, like has a full guitar solo. And I'm a person who, me and my sister monthly said we need to listen to more Her because she just seems like an artist that just seems cool to listen to. And I just got reminded of this. That was my biggest surprise of just how good altogether the front half of the music performances were not only received, but how good they were actually were. We'll talk about um we'll talk about the the other musical performance during during the little next question that we got, which is what was your biggest disappointment from the Super Bowl? Oh man, don't go anywhere. Don't allude to the weekend. Are you kidding me? Okay, <laughs> put it this way. Put it this way. 60s 70s early 80s that's my taste in music i was just listening before the show showed you a little dire straits clip that's straight from the 70s jenna i will say this don't really like the weekend's music loved the halftime show so my disappointment will be that you're disappointed (laughs) i I liked it it was good Okay, okay. Oh, well, if we're going to jump to this right now. I thought it was good. I thought I thought it was good. I didn't hate it as much as most people did. I guess my biggest disappointment was the fact that he had, like, no one else with him. That's, I like, a tradition. That's fair. That's fair. It was fair. a tradition, and he did it because he didn't want the storyline of the album and the music to get in the way. And I was like, nobody – most people who are watching the Super Bowl halftime show aren't huge The Weeknd fans. He has a few songs that are good. And people know, but I don't think he's as popular as someone's favorite artist. I know a uh, friend, friend of ours, Liam Crowley, is a huge The Weeknd fan, but I don't see many others than, than Liam, to be quite honest. So I felt like you needed someone else. Like we, we talked about it. I was, um, I was helping out when I was in the Super Bowl. I was a producer for the Super Bowl show for Z89 and, you know, your party station in Syracuse. Um, and, uh, New York sports leader, of course. Yeah. Yes. So, um, we were talking about, they're doing prop bets for Super Bowl halftime collaborator who would go. All you needed was an Ariana Grande. That was, they have a song together. I think Ariana Grande <laughs> will have her own Super Bowl halftime show at some point. I feel like she's big enough, but you would capture a whole different audience. People who don't even care about the Super Bowl <laughs> to the show. Like, I think it would have been well received. He needed someone else. He needed a little bit more balance, especially when he was going through that wall of mirrors and he was moving the camera. Everyone's seen the meme. It was disorienting and it was kind of disappointing. I thought, like, right, I didn't think it was going to be that great because I'm not a huge fan of his music either. But then, like, right as it was starting, I'm like, this is going to be epic. This has the potential to be epic. And then I was like, just the way he, like, started out and I was like, this could be, this could be awesome. And it was it was good. I would say it was awesome. I don't think it was iconic, but it was good. So I guess that was like I disappointed myself in like really hyping him up. And I think a second person really could have helped balance it out and make people appreciate the weekend's performance more. That that's fair. I was kind of expecting a second person too. I will say this: my favorite Super Bowl halftime show is Michael Jackson's. Don't remember which halftime show it was. I think it was Miami though. And what uh, like which year? He started the show on the roof of the stadium, on the top of the bowl. Okay, like mm-hmm. you're the jumbotron. Now, 
I respected this this the weekend's halftime show because he did an homage to that where he had basically a hologram of himself and it looked like he was on the top. That was cool. That was neat. So off to a good start. And then it turns out he's actually pretty talented too. So. Brad, what was your disappointment? Was it that I was disappointed or do yeah. you got something else? All right. No, just stick with that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to tell you when Brad likes music that you don't from this century, there's a problem and you have to check yourself. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I knew you liked you liked older music, which I can appreciate as well. I'm also a fan of the 80s music, but I also know some contemporary bops and I'm very invested. So I thought it was fine. Looking forward to next year's Super Bowl halftime performer because I hope it's somebody else. Because I wasn't, you know, I was, I Could sat be in. Her. Could be her. It won't be her because her's not big enough, but I would be so down. I don't even, I know like three of her songs and I think she's fantastic, but mm-hmm. it won't. It needs to be someone really big, hopefully somebody else we'll make we'll make speculations at some other time <laughs> next year's super bowl um show we'll talk about whoever that is so let's move on from, from that now that we have your your big disappointment in me we're gonna talk about someone who never disappoints tom brady never disappoints i don't think he's ever disappointed anybody in the history of the sport now has seven rings is he the goat of the goats in all sports uh that's an interesting question the all sports thing is i was listening to sports um, by by Katie Nolan, and she was like, "You can't do that because that would mean we would need one competition that puts all athletes on the same playing field." No, well, that's why it's a debate. If we did have that one competition, then we wouldn't be talking about this because we would just watch the competition. And it's an interesting debate because we don't have a way to measure it. I would say no, cautiously. He's not. It's close. It's really, really close. The first name I thought of. When I, when I asked myself this question before the show was Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. That was the first name. Not a fair comparison because it's an individual sport versus a team sport. But if we're going to have the whole Brady-Belichick debate, and I guess it, at this point it's almost moot because Belichick missed the playoffs without Brady and Brady won a Super Bowl without Belichick. But if that debate still lives even in the slightest, then it almost has to be Serena Williams because she's done it all on her own. And and she's been so dominant, and there was never a time when she was not playing for a title, you know, and usually she wins it. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Serena very slightly, though. Yeah, I don't like this question just because, yeah, we could just watch that competition, but it's like, okay, so what the individual versus the team, and you have all the teams. You have not only Tom Brady, you have Michael Jordan, you have – well, yeah, Jordan, Jordan has an interesting case because he never lost the finals. That's the thing. And Tom Brady has lost a Super Bowl before. Multiple, so. yeah. So I, I don't like the debate. I will definitively say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I can definitively oh, say that. And I don't think point. anyone questions that. It, yeah. No one, I think after this season doing it without Belichick, which I thought he was the best before this whole move. I thought he was the best when he was a Patriot. But everyone who was a naysayer saying, Oh, he's a system quarterback. He can only win with Belichick. That's all false. Like, and it was false then, and it's still false now, and it's even more false now. So I think everyone is saying he's the greatest of all time, and I think no one refutes that. But that's where I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna answer the question. Greatest quarterback of all time? Yes. Greatest athlete of all time? No. But I'm not gonna say who that is for me, because I think at times he could. And I don't think I think about this this way too. Brady's not a fantastic athlete. It's not like, wow, his athletic 
ness really yeah but that shouldn't matter that shouldn't matter because i'll tell you why it shouldn't matter because the term that's the athlete term if you use athlete greatest competitor no i prefer that fine fine but look up athlete in the dictionary that's that's what you're you're measuring that's really nitpicky though because we have it's the definition of the word no no it's nitpicky because because tom look Tiger Woods is in this debate. Is he the best athlete? No, he's a he's a golf player. Golf players are competitor. not competitor. I would prefer the term competitor. Fine. fine. You want to change the rundown and make it competitor, then fine. Because yes. that's what we're talking about. If we're if we're talking about athlete, okay, then forget Serena Williams. We're talking about triathlon Olympians. That's what we're talking about at this point. No. Forget it. Bruce I still Jenner. think Serena Williams would be would Bo be Jackson. up there and greatest athletes. I don't know. Uh, Bo Fine. Jackson. Bo Jackson did it with two sports. The reason I am throwing out another name out there, and we're talking about competitor now, uh, Babe Ruth potentially because and and that's really tricky because it's not even a consensus that he's the best baseball player. But the thing that Babe Ruth has over Tom Brady or Serena Williams, for that matter, not really a fair comparison because it's an individual sport. But Babe Ruth was going to be a Hall of Famer as a pitcher. Babe Ruth was a Hall of Famer at two different sports. He was a Hall of Famer as a pitcher, or rather position, Hall of Famer as a pitcher, and then the GOAT as a hitter, as an outfielder. So that, that's something, too. Tom Brady yeah. only played quarterback, to be fair. Yeah. Let's, let's move on from this because we can okay. go on and on and on. So is it even possible for Mahomes no. to catch Brady anymore? No. Wow. No. His career is so young. What do you mean, no? No. Big, well, okay. Think about it this way, all right? Patrick Mahomes has won one Super Bowl. If, if Super Bowl is the barometer, can we agree that, that it is? Sure, basically? we'll, we'll yeah. make it okay. the barometer, yeah. Okay. If, if Super Bowl championships are the barometer, Patrick Mahomes has one good start because he's still really young and he has plenty of time. But he basically has to win nine at this point. If you win eight, agree. Mm-hmm. fine. That's one more than Brady, assuming Brady doesn't win another, okay? Yeah. But even if you win eight, Tom Brady will still be able to say, hey, I beat you. And I beat you when you were in your prime and I was 43. So not great. Not a good look. So I think that Patrick Mahomes not only has to win more Super Bowls than Tom Brady, which is basically a given if you want to make him the goat of goats or rather go to football, whatever. But he has to lap Tom Brady at this point because Brady lapped him at age 43. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. And I think that's a good point even before the Super Bowl win that we just didn't think of. We're just like, Oh yeah, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, the baby goat. (laughs) Like (laughs) we just said it and we didn't think about it, but yeah, I think for me to be completely on board, I think he would have to get 10. Like it would have to be something crazy. That's that's what Brady's doing. Brady's doing, is doing something that's crazy. It won't be crazy when Patrick Mahomes does it. It will. It'll be impressive, but it won't be, you know, no one's ever done it before the way it is with Brady. So yeah, I, and, I, and I the other that. problem, the other problem that Mahomes is going to have is even if he beats Brady next year, let's say there's a rematch next year, Brady would still have the edge, right? Because a, <laughs> because a, Brady could just say, okay, congratulations, you beat me when I was 44, and b, he could say, okay, we split. Tiebreaker goes to me because what? Because I'm older, right? Yeah. That's basically what it is. So, yeah. I, and even if he beats him two more times, it's like, okay, but he's old, right? And he already beat you when he was old. I don't know. Yeah. I think he basically I, needs nine or ten. Yeah, I think – I don't know if it's if, – if it's, I think it's possible for him to catch. It's just going to be very unlikely. <laughs> there's, there's a glimmer of hope. 
but it's going to be extremely hard. That's where I'm going to leave be, that. It should be extremely hard. If it wasn't yeah. extremely hard, then Brady wouldn't be the GOAT. And, ev- and everyone would do it. Exactly. So, all right, let's talk about Super Bowl's now over. Super Bowl talk, for the most part, over. Let's talk about the celebration, which we're gonna, what we're going to do here, which I know you have the segue into the next one, but your, what we're going to talk about leads right into your what was trending. So we're talking about the Bucks celebrate the Super Bowl with a boat parade, similar to the way the Tampa Bay Lightning celebrated their um, Stanley Cup. What are your thoughts on just how it was different? It wasn't a normal parade where the streets were flooded. It was on yachts. I was very much on board. Honestly, like this was better than people on the streets because this is Tampa Bay we're talking about. Okay, in Tampa, you own a boat and Rob Gronkowski is going to get drunk on that boat. That's a promise, right? That's why he went to Florida. That's why he went to Tampa because he was retired down there anyway. Might as well play football down there. So I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And if you own a boat, which you should, if you're down there, hop on. Water's open. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, like, it's so funny. Because, like, Tampa, to me, is so different from Tampa to everybody else. And I think Tampa, I don't think of it as, like, the parties. Like, Miami, I can see, like, that being a vibe. Yeah, Just, like, fair. Miami, on the boats. But, like, Tampa, I get it. Boats. And it seemed, like, fun. Like, the parade on the water, I think, is more for the players, and that's what it should be. I feel like the parade through the streets is, like, it's a fan experience. They're still somewhat on, as we'll talk about. Some people got a little loosey-goosey because they were just having fun. Like, they were having fun on a yacht, (laughs) drinking and throwing Super Bowl trophies from boat to boat. (laughs) Like, they were having fun because it was more of a team experience rather than a fan experience where they still had to somewhat, you know, keep it a PR stunt of sorts, if that makes sense. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a great workaround during a pandemic. I completely agree. I thought it was cool, especially when in Florida, right? You know, might as well hop on a boat, like you said. So you're right, Jenna. A perfect segue into my what was trending. It was Drunk Brady, who I think now we can agree is the goat of goats. Tom Brady good, Drunk Brady goat. Okay, because I've been, I was excited to see it. And and I feel like for the past 20 years, we've just been looking for a flaw in Tom Brady. He's got a perfect look. He's got a perfect game. But ha-ha, he's drunk. He's not perfect. And everyone was going crazy about it. Like, ah, oh, how could you do that if you're Tom Brady? You're better than that. I'm just thinking, no, who cares? He just won your seventh Super Bowl? Have a drink or two or 43 at that point, right? And Brandon Marshall is even sticking up for him saying, yeah, why is everyone getting so mad at Tom Brady on Twitter? He says this. He says, you just won your seventh Super Bowl. Go have a drink. All the other people blasting him on Twitter, they have a drink because it's Tuesday, and Tom Brady has a drink because he won the Super Bowl. He has the right, and he did, and it was awesome. Yeah, drunk Brady was something to behold. I think one of the football accounts were like, he's drunk. The Tom Brady diet is now off. He doesn't have it. I was thinking about that. Yeah, and then Brady responded by saying, nothing to see her. <laughs> like, didn't spell here right. <laughs> it was a whole It was a whole thing. You know, it was just good to see him relax. He was hammered. Like, he needed someone yeah. to help him walk. Like, yeah, and he, he did the, uh, the peace sign. Perfect. Perfect segue to what my what was trending was. It's Antoine, Antoine Winfield's peace sign to Tyreek Hill. As a Raiders fan, I relished in this moment. 
Jim Nance and uh, Tony Romo were like, we don't condone this. You can't do that. I'm like, oh, you're so much greater than thou because (laughs) everyone on the internet loved it. Everyone was like, yes, that's what you do. Even when if you ended up, I think, going on Twitter and was like, honestly, I would do it again. Basically, he's like, that was awesome. It felt so good. So what happened was Tyreek Hill had that crazy 200-yard game against Tampa Bay earlier in the season. Um, And he, you know, what he does when he scores a touchdown, he throws up the peace sign. And so Antoine Winfield did not forget that. And he broke up a pass. And you know what he did? And the game was out of reach at this point. He threw up a peace sign right in his face. And I was like, yes. And then you have Jim Nance. Oh, you can't do that. That's kicking a guy when he's down. Well, the whole internet was like, yes, do it again. Yes, that's what you get. Like, that's if you want to, you know, if the, if the peace sign isn't a taunting call every single time, then when someone else does it, like, I don't know. I thought it was definitely a taunting call, but it was one that felt like it was the taunting call for the people, and the people loved it. And I loved it as having to see that peace sign multiple times, and I was like, this jerk. Someone finally had his payback. Maybe it will start a little beef. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people watching it at home who are not familiar with that little kerfuffle from earlier in the year, they had no idea, but it was, uh, it was exciting to behold, that's for sure. So that segues us into our favorite segment. Cue that music. Fan. <gasps> Frustration. All right, fan frustration, let's do it, Jenna. And I'm going to start. Here we go. It's obvious. The Jets having to watch Tom Brady again. Okay? And I will say this. I wasn't rooting against Tom Brady, per se, because I was just happy he wasn't doing it in New England. And there's a part of me that was conflicted on this. There's a part of me that wanted to see Tom Brady win to stick it to the Patriots fans. And then there was another part that said, oh, man, we still can't beat him. And uh, thing he's 43 even if we had the chance and had the had the game slated we would still lose badly and he still has our number forever and ever and ever so it was just kind of a reminder that Super Bowl of all the pain and suffering he's caused Jets fans over what two decades so it wasn't great yeah definitely not great for you guys but yeah that's thanks that was similar to how Raiders fans felt it was the Raiders fans worst nightmare in terms of a Super Bowl you have the the conference you know the conference the division rival in the Chiefs versus Tom Brady the whole tuck rule situation we're not a huge fan of his um so it was truly the worst case scenario but the reason why I'm frustrated today today (laughs) on the Super Bowl was because I hate Antonio Brown as a fan as a fan I'm like as as a journalist I can't say that, but as a fan, I can say that. We're not doing any journalistic work here. We're just chatting. We're just having a good old chat. So it bothers me that he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be quite honest with you because it just, it validates everything he did to torment the Raiders. It He wanted to be free and the Raiders didn't make it to the postseason and he just won the Super Bowl with another team after going insane. Granted, that was last year. But still, like, the Raiders still haven't made this to the playoffs. And the second team that he was on made it made it to the Super Bowl. And the team that he was on last year intermittently because of his whole scandals, because he's not a good person. Um, 
he also made it to the playoffs. So, like, his point of, like, wanting to be free and want to be with a contender makes sense. Like, a true, true contender makes sense. But it just makes me so angry. Like, I'm infuriated because I can't stand him. And so uh, I The thing up- I love about Antonio Brown for the Raiders fans out there is that he will forever be a meme. Forever. I mean, I'll give you an example. The text I sent to you. When you said, hey – look, I'm going to ask Nicole Hardman a question. And I texted you back. Don't get dot, dot, dot. What did I say? What did I say, Jenna? Don't get scared. Is that what you said? No, no. I said don't get dot, 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 cold feet. Cold feet. Oh, I just got it. It was in Antonio Brown. Okay, that, that was the next part. It was McCall Hardman. I ended up asking McCall Hardman a question. You go on my Twitter account to find that cool question. I was Antonio – yes, okay, I didn't get oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it was the Antonio Brown press when you said, I'm going to try to ask him a question, and I responded, yeah. don't get don't dot, get dot, cold dot, feet. cold feet. Great yeah. text now that I understand it. I, I understood oh, you what didn't you, understand it? Come I on. I didn't get the joke. I didn't get Can the I joke. Can I change my fan frustration now? This is it. This is it. <laughs> Just so your disappointment and your fan frustration is all about it's me. It's you. It's all your fault forever and ever and always. Forever and always. All right. Well, so my point was I'm not a fan of Antonio Brown. I was sitting in his presser. That was the next part of my story. And, oh, ah, he really, like, I get really angry about this man. Very nice smile. He's a very charming guy. But then I was like. I don't like his just, mustache. Mm, he just very, seems very off kilter, which he is. So it was a lot of like. Hey, Antonio, like, you know, you just, you're, you're back in the Super Bowl. You're playing against Le'Veon Bell, like your formal, former Patriot, like Pittsburgh Steeler um, teammate. And Le'Veon was asked the same question and was basically, basically said, yeah, you know, it's crazy that me and Antonio Brown, you know, we didn't make it here together. It's basically the gist of what Le'Veon Bell said. Antonio Brown said, well, I'm just happy to be here. And, you know, we're focusing on Sunday, and it's all about this team right here, completely disregarding every reporter's question with that same line, which was basically my I'm thinking. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Very similar. Um, but he said his own, yep, I'm here for the team. Like, it was like the PR people were like, say this. Say this and say nothing else. Because <laughs> he's crazy. So I do not like him at all. I don't like that he got a Super Bowl ring. I don't like that he contributed in the Super Bowl victory because I do not like him. I don't like what he did to the Raiders. You can say that the Raiders have disgraced themselves in a lot of areas, but that was one of the biggest disgraces because there was nothing that we can do about it. A lot of them are like, we can do things about that. Like, that's annoying. It's annoying disgraces. But this was like a blatant disrespect for the organization, which I'm not a fan of. So Antonio Brown, good for you, I guess, but I'm going to let you know I was rooting against you the whole time. And now we have no preview. Brad, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do for this podcast next week and beyond? I really, I really don't know. There's no preview because there's nothing to preview. We have, you know, the off season. That's what we got to preview. So I'm sure we'll do stuff on that, but not this week. We're done for this week. I just realized I put my Jenna Antonio Brown finding success in the close. Very yeah. good for me. Cause I typed this out in the doc. I don't know when I did it, but whatever it's time to close it was a shorter episode this week not by much but it was shorter because we just wanted to say hey we're alive we watched the super bowl we had thoughts and if you want to if you want to find our episode this episode and every other other episode if you're listening to this i'm assuming you found this episode either on apple Podcasts or spotify spotify you're gonna have to do a little extra work for us we're really getting better at it it's a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated 
football fan hey. didn't type that in, but it's frustrated football. Yeah, I under I know our own slogan, but yeah, it's just uh, the fr- you can stop at the football part and we will pop up. Um, a little extra work, but the more people type in that slogan into Spotify, the more recognized it will be as a podcast, which we love. We also have some older episodes on SoundCloud, but everything's on Apple Podcast and on Spotify. Don't really need to worry about that. You can also find us on Twitter at the Go Number Two Podcast, and you can tweet us anything. Um, and we will be sure to respond and you can find other football content there. Not a whole lot more, but if we, if we do get any people who tweet at us, we do respond and it always, is always a good time because we work hard on our, on our responses. And finally, if you want to res- get, you know, privately contact us, um, maybe you have a grievance, you can do that at the go from number two, again, the number two pod at gmail.com and you can email us and we'll make sure to address whatever issue you have or comment or concern. So that's all we have for this week. Guys, we're finished with the season. I don't know what this pod, what whole, what happens with this podcast in the future. I really don't. We're still going to be here, though, every week, usually on Tuesdays, but sometimes, you know, we got to be a little flexible. So whenever we make podcasts, it will be weekly. So you're going to just want to be checking Twitter yet again. Again, go for the number two podcast. All right, that's all we have this, this week. I will say this, though. Jenna, before we go, I will say this. You got to recognize this, okay? It's the end of season two for the pod we had season one was the off season quarantine off season we started the new season for week one and now we're we're done season all three right next week season three next week we'll see you then